and welcome back to another very happy What the Folk Sunderland review show. We have another win to discuss and another good performance as we made it three wins from four and we've pushed ourselves just outside of the playoffs. So um, all that negativity is gone. We feel very, very positive this week again, which is fantastic. And most of the whole gang has joined us. Dave might be joining us. I think he's still asleep um, by accident. So uh, if Dave arrives, he does. If he doesn't, um, everyone call him names on Twitter. No, don't do that. That would be nasty. But first and foremost... Um, Ross Black, how are you, mate? You okay? Hello, yes, I'm very good, mate. As you say, it's a zero negativity podcast once again. and Just enjoying watching the lads win football games. Brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, it feels really positive. Um, it feels like, what was the Coventry review show we did three weeks ago? And that was probably the most negative we've ever been. And it just turned around in two weeks, which is, you know, a lot can change in a week. But um, I'm very, very pleased it's in the favour of Sunderland. Brad, you're outside doing some stuff, mate. Um, hopefully there's not too many seagulls or background noises, but how are you doing? Are you all right? Yeah, mate, I'm good. I'll be calling out Dave. Don't you worry about that. He does it enough <laughs> to us. Um, yeah, very good. Um, another excellent win yesterday. And it just keeps that momentum going, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Um, three goals, three points. Ross, I think you can quite tell we're, we're happy about the performance and we're, we're happy about where we're at at the minute, but um, somewhat how, how you feel about it. We're speaking at like just after nine o'clock on, on Sunday. Aye, Brad's very, made a very good word there, momentum. I feel like we've got a bit now. That's I think it's three out of the last four wins and a draw in there. Considering the start we had where I think, let's be honest, everyone was getting a bit panicky due to the, the delay in the signings. We've got the signings in. It's made a difference. Um, I do feel as well that although there were good players for us, the baggage of the players leaving, just totally removing them from the changing room seems to make a difference. I don't know why that is. And it probably makes training a bit more enjoy- enjoyable because you've got to have People that are 100% pushing everybody on. The new kids have looked good when they've played, when we've seen them. Uh, I thought Burstow for a young lad making his first men's football appearance in a tough league against experienced centre-backs did really well, positional sense-wise. Obviously, I think Mowbray alluded to it, match fitness will come. He's only He hasn't played much and they've got to be careful with that. And Anucci, when he came on, wow, what a what a player. Really, really good technically. But he, he likes to tackle as well, which was nice to see. Um, but yeah, overall, I just really enjoyed it. I think a lot of people will allude to the red card as a game changer. But other than the effort from a long throw, I don't think they did much, to be honest. I thought that that, that was the way of playing. They were proper typical Ian's side. They're fucking awful, aren't they, to watch, let's be honest. Sorry for the language, but they are brutal to watch. They, they are, are dis- they are disgusting. They're they're physical. They're a spoiler team. That's all they are spoilers. The only player I say that can come up with any credit from that game is their young striker who basically got left up top on his own after the red card do do it all himself. But at the same time, he was very lucky not to be sent off as well because on a yellow, he's consistent fouling. And I'm sure at one stage he kick went to kick the ball away and he had like a little like bulb going off and he said like shit I shouldn't do this but as a 19 year old kid he was the only one to me who stood out and Begovic in fairness he's conceded three goals but he's pulled off some good saves like the one from Hamir was really good um, and who I also feel sorry for because like I say 
the getting in the position as these strikers and the goals will come because we've got that many creative players that chances will be created. So I just feel like once one goes in, it'll be a domino effect. Let's just hope it's not too long before that one goes in. But overall, yeah, delighted. I thought fully deserved the three points and we played some brilliant football as well. I love how um, Brad has froze, so he's disappeared unbeknown to everyone else. And Dave's just texted saying, oh, I've slipped in. I'm coming on in a minute. So you're going to get a myriad of different people at random points in the uh, in the podcast. But it makes for a bit more interest, I think. But Brad arrives right on time. Look at that. Look at that. Brad, uh, you're driving. You're not driving, sorry. You're in the car at the minute. But um, how did you feel about the result yesterday? Because we're feeling quite positive. Feeling very good about the result, mate. Um... You know, when we went 1-0 down, I was was never at any point concerned. That that was the main thing for me. I think this team's give us that confidence that they won't let their heads drop. And I think that stems from last season. It's fell into this year as well. We, we we don't really let games get away from us. There's one or two exceptions, obviously. But I think we started the game very well. Um, when they got the goal, it was pretty much against the one up there. It was a typical Ainsworth goal. But we knew that we were better than them. I, yes, the red card's going to help because them chasing us with 11 men, we, we would have broke them down regardless. But with 10 men, it, I just I just knew that's something, that we were going to we were going to be okay. Um, and I know you were talking about before about about the players who've left um, and the lads that we've got in the dressing room. I think a big part of how we're going to go forward now, Mowbray's starting to see it because he had a lot of game time yesterday. It was Alex Pritchard. Thought when he came on. He just dictated the game. He dictated play from from the minute he came on, and the chances he was creating for Job at the back post. I think there was three in total just over the back of the defender. That can be a regular feature throughout the season, and whichever strike is on the end of it, we're going to get more goals than we're going to miss. So yeah, feeling very positive about it all. And it, I, I know what was said in the in the group chat. This is either going to be two two, or we're going to we'll, we'll get another. And you could just sense it was going to be that way. But I, I, it was like a five percent chance in my head thinking they were going to score. But yeah, we we put the game to bed. Um, you know, it was just a very professional end to it, really, because it's easy to get sucked in. Think like we're two one up against ten men, then knackered, and he catches on the break. I just thought we should remain professional, remain calm, which is a credit to Mowbray again and a credit to the young lads and having that drilled into them. Just like uh, one side of me is like really pleased with how we've done. And because I like my preview guest this week, Clive, if anyone listened to it, really good fella. Um, I also feel really sorry for him because like I could sense the tone in his voice that he was hating his football club. And yesterday won't have helped because I think as Ross touched before, as good as things feel at Sunderland at the minute, dear God, QPR are terrible. But um, Dave has joined. Dave, you look um, every minute like you've just slept in, mate. Are you are you all right? I'm uh, I'm just about. I wouldn't mind if I had like twenty pints last night, but I didn't. I was just at work, so <laughs> yeah, not bad. But uh, it's uh, it's a bit weird because as nobody's noticed, I look about twenty years younger because I finally got rid of the hobo beard. So um. Oh, you did. <laughs> so yeah, it's, I wouldn't uh, because you're only sure the top half of your head anyway. <laughs> Oh, well, that's not me. I'm flipping Ross is worse than me, I'm sure. <laughs> the reason we well, don't yes. do video is because Ross and also Dave only show us their face from about their mouth upwards. Um, they're not they're not made for video in many many ways. <laughs> <laughs> 
voice for the radio if ever I've uh, sorry face for the radio if ever I've saw one. Yes. How are you feeling about the result? Well, well? yeah, very good. Yeah, and it's it, I think on top of probably echoing everything that you guys have said, it's just and I probably said it when we played Wickham every other week in the previous however many years. It's just a victory for football because I can't. I can't stand him standing there like he's just finished a scene in Rock of Ages and seeing that QBR are making progress. I just can't deal with it. Can't deal with it. I feel sorry for you just as much as I said I felt sorry for the Preston fans last year when they came up the stadium alight and played with 17 men behind the ball. I can't deal with it. It's not progress for football. I'm not saying everyone has to like play like Pep. Um, well, sorry, not everyone has to play like Tony Mowbray. Pep's learning a few things as we go on. Um, yeah, just a victory for football, I think. That's the pod title, a victory for football. Um, you mentioned Preston there. They are top of the league, so maybe there is progress. So, Gareth, there is hope somewhere. But, um, Ross, it, it was one of those days where, like, it's a social media manager's dream, really. Like, three goals, an assist from a new boy, Pritch giving it beans, Hamir wearing Nyron's hat. Um, it did feel flat a few weeks ago when we discussed it. And look, we're not going to hide away from the fact that we were like genuinely worried after that Coventry game because of things that were we felt we were being left short a bit. But as I say countless times, I'm delighted when when we're wrong. And so far, we have been. That's eight goals now. Um, how good of a spot are Sunderland in as a club at the moment? Do you think we'll forget the the off the field stuff like that was being discussed to death? But as a team and as a club and as a direction. How good of a spot do you think we're in at the moment? Yeah, I think we're very good. I think, let's be honest, there was only like certain areas that needed strengthened, especially in the forward areas, which the club have been proactive and done so. And uh, I, I mentioned before, Burst or young lad, he's raw, but he looked, he looked, he didn't look out of place. You know what I mean? Like no disrespect, but last season when Gelhard first came in, he looked out of place. Burst though, we've only seen what 60, 70 minutes of him. He put himself about, and he looked like a forward who could get involved, whereas and he, he suits our system, which is the main thing. Obviously, he needs to Mowbray alluded to, he needs to learn on what, what runs to make with the players we've got, what balls you receive. But I think we've got, every me included, was like experience, experience. I read something today that Dan Neal's played over 120 games or something, or something like that. He's 21 year old. So, these young lads, the young, but they've, they've played a lot of football, Dan Ballard, his third consecutive season in the championship. You know, Trey Humes played two seasons, only second season now in the championship. It, these players, okay, they're young, they're raw, but they've played a lot of football at this level now. And I feel like where we're at now compared to the start of last season, it's it's a game, Last to me, yesterday's a game that we would have buckled a bit under. Whereas we remain calm, we understood the championship, we've been here before, we know what teams are like. We're prepared for it, and we've got that. We know that we're good enough to combat the tactics that the likes Ainsworth brings because we've got the technically gifted players and the experience how to see out moments now. And we remained so patient in that first half. It was frustrating to watch at times, but Pritchard, Clark, Hume dropping into the centre midfield, and Daniel when Equa went off, you know, just just passing it round, waiting for keep pulling QPR out creating the gaps in behind like Brad mentioned before Job's very unlucky to me he was onside 
you've seen that side on video as well. One of the moments, yeah, the picture that's going around, the ball's already in there. That's why Job looks slightly offside. But when the ball hits Pritchard's foot, he's online. He's in line. So Andy probably should have scored an easier one with his foot where he just side footed it. But again, these chances will come when we've got players who can create that. And Clark's took off from where he left last season flying. Roberts, to be fair to him, he didn't do a lot apart from nearly score one of the best goals of the season between him and Abdullah. One, I just wish that rippled the back of the nest because that would have been one of the goals of the season. But again, I think, I know I'm rubbing on a bit, but we mentioned like how, where we're at as a club and where we feel like on the pitch we're ready. If you asked me three weeks ago, Abdullah would, would Abdullah Bar be a big part of our season? I'd go, probably not. I haven't seen enough from him. I don't know his best position. And I've got to eat a bit of humble pie here when Mowbray was saying he's a winger. I was thinking, what on earth do they say in Abdullah Bar that he's a winger? Well, he's just played the last three games as a winger and he's got the two assists and a goal. So um, I think I'll let Tony Mowbray do the manager and I'll just watch as yeah. he knows what he's talking about. That's the worry, isn't it? That none of us know anything about football and we'll have to still do a podcast every Sunday. That's the concern, really, I think. But I would normally go Brad back to Brad at this point, but I want to go to Dave with this one because of the, the question I just asked Ross about where we are as a football club. Um, and you mentioned Roberts there, Ross. And I think, obviously, there's concern about whether Roberts will still be here come season end, shall we say, because of his contract situation. I think we've all seen what he's allegedly been offered and, and so on and so forth. And there's a bit of a Ross Stewart-ism going on there. Now, I think we, we spoke to death about Ross Stewart's contract, Dave, and how we wanted that renewed and we were I think we were both gutted when when Ross went and I think we'd feel the same way with with Roberts in many ways but I'm talking about where Sunderland are as a club at the minute and I understand money talks and I understand that people have to be paid what they feel they um are worth in today's modern world but when you see all the videos coming out of like Hamir with a hat on and like Trey Hume I don't know if anyone's seen it but Trey Hume telling the QPR fans to fuck off very very good um, and that kind of unity that seems to be within Sunderland at the moment, even when everything gets thrown at us, and look, we've discussed to death all the things that have been thrown at us. Alex Neal walking out last season, four games in, like all strikers getting injured consistently, no centre backs for like the best part of last season. This season, losing the first two games, everything that could go against us has kind of gone against us, and the lads have clubbed together and just won games and got us places where we want to be. Just to flip the argument around for once, the likes of Patrick Robertson players who might not be here because they might not sign a contract that they feel is worth. Am I speaking as a fan here, Dave? Or is Sunderland a really, really good place to be here at the moment? And sometimes the money's the extra couple of thousand is not worth going to Southampton for, for example. State Sunderland, where everything's going in a direction, that feels great. And we've got a really good bunch of lads. Yeah, I, th- I think I think that was the the balance to our argument with with Ross Stewart, wasn't it? We we felt for the cult hero that he'd become, um, and how much further than a cult hero he could have became. The difference in wages was was maybe he's not worth it. Yes, Southampton get decent um, decent get gates and stuff like that. I don't want to get into the, into the argument of who's the bigger club and whatever else. It's irrelevant. But for for how much he would have been worshipped, or he was in, in some degree, 
is that little offset of wages, is it worth it? Now, I wish we had the figures. I wish we had the figures to hand to say that we were offering them 12 and, and Southampton were offering them 18, in which case... I think there's an argument that you you could have you could have still made a comfortable life off twelve k and with bonuses and whatever you're getting close to whatever Southampton were offering. I suspect I suspect the difference in wage was was probably more than that, and therefore I understand why he's took it. I I do fully understand that. Um, you. It depends where they're going to go, doesn't it? I suppose if like someone who's going to challenge for a European spot, like if Patrick Roberts, oh Jesus, I don't know who you're talking about. What like in Premier League terms, if you were maybe looking at a Villa coming sniffing, it's it's not going to happen. That they're they're way above and beyond that at the minute. I think they've done some great business, but um, there's. I don't think he's going to get to play his football anywhere better uh, in terms of style, in terms of what we expect. The only doubt that he could have in his head as time goes on, especially as Ross just said, if Barr suddenly has a worldie, Roberts maybe doesn't get a Roberts doesn't get a kick, in which case he thinks I've got to be playing week in, week out. It's amazing how many variables to the decision there would be because if, uh, if say, a Preston came sniffing, and offered him two grand more than we're offering him, but guaranteed him football every week, then, yeah, I could totally understand why he's off. I think it's... I just... Weirdly enough, at work last night, I was talking to a Brighton fan, and I said, it's just nice to be at a level where I've got security in the stewardship for the fact that I believe there's a contingency plan. If we'd have lost the first eight games of the season and Mowbray had gone then I think we'd have getting some kind of, you know, Qatari manager in and he'd have played the world's best football. Or if we've addressed it slightly now and I think it could have been handled better, the Ross Stewart situation. Listen, if we lose a winger, we've got plenty of them. If we lose a midfielder, we've got plenty of them to cover it. But I do feel as though there is a pool out there of players, of coaches, of managers that we've got a list of, that we've scouted and we have solid information on and everything's just a little bit tight and everything's a little bit normal. Sunderland and normal, not a phrase I ever thought I'd hear. Honestly, I think you can probably hear from the way Dave's speaking and the fact I even asked a question. Maybe, maybe we're on the turn. Um, I just felt yesterday, I've, I, I've got to be honest and say that the things that I didn't want to happen have happened. And I'm still happy as Larry. I'm still delighted. But um, enough about players going because that doesn't that wasn't necessarily where I was going with it. It was more a case of how good of a place it is and why would anyone not want to be part of that. But um, one of those new players yesterday, Brad, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Ross obviously does, so I'm just going to call him a deal. Um, he looked very nippy. Got a nice assist yesterday. I think everyone's really impressed with his cameo. What did you make of a deal or double A as he calls himself on Instagram's uh, appearance? It's oh sheesh, as I'm led to believe. It's um, not a, a choochie, as I've been calling them. <laughs> a choochie. I've heard some belters, to be honest. Um, a choochie. I couldn't. No, I like, thought he was good. I knew people that like, couldn't pronounce Kenwin, let alone a choochie, choochie. So, uh, I... <laughs> uh, no, I thought he was good. Um, 
he looked lively when he came on. He wanted to get involved in a lot of stuff that we were doing, and ultimately he ended up getting his assist at the end, um, which is excellent. Really, it's not a bad debut, is it? Coming on for twenty minutes and grabbing an assist. Um, but yeah, he was getting involved. He was he was he wasn't like shirking away as a new player or just waiting for his chance. He was trying to come deep or yeah, link up with Jack Clark on the left hand side quite often. So no, I was very impressed with him. Um, but look, it's only twenty minutes. Well. 28 minutes because 8 minutes added on wasn't it it's only 28 minutes that he's played so let's see how he gets on going forward but from the first viewing of him it's only positive that I've got to see from, from how he played yeah I thought he looked really good when he came on um, and getting an assist it's massive for for a winger or an attacking midfielder to get an assist after your first 28 minutes is exactly what you want um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that and I think also uh, Burstow as well I agree with everything that Ross said beforehand we have to come on to it, Ross, because as much as it could have been not funny for Job, the fact that Job isn't injured, and uh, I don't know where Ainsworth is talking about, he made a meal of it, but that Jack Corback challenge, uh, I think we would have won the game anyway. I had a, I've got a really good mate who's a QPR fan, and he said, look, you were the better team when we had 11 players on the pitch as well, so like you deserve the win, and I agree. But he did kind of help a little bit, which is funny. Um, Corback's challenge, what an absolute... Can we say Dossa? <laughs> Let's be honest, he's a wanker, isn't he? Just an idiot. Like, what a coward going in as a 17-year-old. Ginger prick is what he is. Now wrong with ginger's bread. <laughs> I've got a ginger beard. <laughs> gingers have souls, Brad. Gingers have souls. He's just a wanker. We're going to get cancelled here, aren't we? Yeah, we are. But no, um, apologies to the GDL. Um... He is a just he's just an absolute plodder, isn't he? He's an absolute plodder who let's be honest, he thought he was better than us. And ever since his career's just been shit. Like he had maybe he got lucky that he he got had a little spell at Forest, but even they binned him off. Like he's shit. And it, it's a coward tackle. It, it, it's his shit touch or shit pass, whatever it was. That me that makes him have to make the challenge. And he knows exactly what he's doing. It's so high. It's in the back of his leg. And to be fair, he'll fit right in with Ainsworth football. Thuggery. Shit footballers who, who can kick out above grass. Uh, he's just a tosser. I thought the tackle was horrendous, you know. Like, he's going to get crap because he's... Um... Well, I don't even want to call him an ex-mag. He wasn't even that good. He's callback, isn't he? He's just callback. He's just a total nonity. Like, just an average no, footballer. When he, when he went to the mags, they called him the Ginger Perlow, so he must have been mint there. Can we just recall that he got in the England squad based on that move? Does anyone remember that? He got in the England squad. Absolutely. I mean, so did a few others as well. But um, I think, you know, I don't want to make it too much about him, but... The tackle itself, on a serious note, if even if he wasn't Jack Callback and had the history that he's had with Sunderland and the fact that he's he's obviously done it with a bit of malice because he wants to be Billy Big Bows and attack a 17-year-old and kick him in the back of the knee. I just think even if it wasn't him, that tackle was absolutely stinking. And I think, look, I know we're not the biggest fans of Gareth Ainsworth, but he's getting the tune out of a team like Wickham and got them promoted, so he's not a complete idiot. Like, he has got a team promoted and, look, he's got more footballing honours on his CV than I'll ever have. So, fair enough. But the fact that Ainsworth came out and almost defended it and said Job made a, a meal out of it, 
The kid's 17 and he got kicked in the back of his knee. The tackle was horrendous. I've not seen anyone from a QBR perspective outside of Ainsworth or a Sunderland perspective or a neutral perspective say that was anything but a disgusting, cowardly tackle. And if you Jack Corbett, you should be ashamed of it, to be honest. Because um, the last time he came up against an adult, as I put on Twitter yesterday, he got floored. And that man's name's Lee Barry Catamull. Um, if you want to try and have a go at a 17 year old kid, then fair enough, mate. But I think this is a lot more about your character than anything else. But um, look, on to good things, Dave. Uh, we've discussed them a little bit already. We've talked about how great the kids are, but I'm loving Pritchard this season. He's made an impact every single time he's came on the pitch, Dave. How close should he be to a start? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, I've, I'll run out super superlative. Sorry, easy to say. Um, he's he's always been a player who's had a bit of a chip on his shoulder. Anyway, the fact that he's not starting, <laughs> it's not a chip anymore. It's like it's like a massive crater on his shoulder, and have uh, a management. Yeah, I suppose you've got to give Mowbray a bit of credit for it. But he is changing the game every time he comes on, whether it's the last 17 minutes, whether yesterday is the first 70. Yeah. Um, it proves to you exactly what everyone says. This model is great, but you do have to have some level of football intelligence experience and a little bit of nouse about you. And Pritchard has got us in abundance, to be fair. Absolutely. Oh, sorry. Go on, sorry. No, no, Pritch is great. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's probably <laughs> a great thing. Also, by the way, I've got no problem with gingers. I've got a few mates who are ginger, so just get that uh, cliche in there. But <laughs> I mean, if if you're gonna if you're gonna be ginger, don't have a shit haircut with it. And I've got no hair, so me calling someone with a shit haircut is hilarious. But yeah, Dave, fuck off, Colbert. Dave cut into the bone. I said I didn't want any of it in this, and I'm, I'm now seriously concerned about being cancelled by anyone who's got a resemblance to Prince Harry. Um, Brad, I wanted to pull one lad's name out the hat, uh, who I think almost goes under the radar because he's so good every single week. And I think I've said before, I can't remember if I said it on the podcast, I said it um, in our group chat, but I've said like Dan Ballard, for me, is worth millions, especially with his contract and stuff like that. Great to see him getting a goal. Look, he couldn't miss. Um but I think he is a massive part of our future. And I think, for me, he's up there with one of the best in the in the league. I actually think he could be Premier League already. But um, again, yes, he'll get the plaudits for the goal. But how good was he defensively as well, Brad? And how good has he been this season? Oh, mate, it, I, it's, it's frustrating because we talked about if we had Ross Stewart last season, would he got promoted, this, that, the other. I, I believe some of the goals we conceded, if Dan Ballard had been in the side, we might have been there or thereabouts. Um, but yeah, he's he's just he's so cool. Like when he wants to play out from the with the ball at his feet, but he's an absolute unit as well. Um, I, I mean, I wouldn't like to take clattering off him. He's he's just a very classy defender, and yeah, he, he could easily be in the Premier League now. There's there's a few players we've picked from these academies, and I don't know how on earth we've managed to get them. Like you, you can go well, Sirkin. Probably his injuries has let him down a bit, but you can go with Equa, you can say Dan Ballard, um, Jack Clark. I, I, I just don't know how we can get these young ones. Um, for so cheap, that could easily 
have went to a bottom end Premier League side and slotted in no bother. Um, but yeah, Ballard's just he's, he's class. I, I can't really say. I, I can't remember Graham since he's signed one game where he's had a bad game where we talk about other defenders like you talk about your, your Danny Bart. Oh, we always go back the Bolton game. I can't think of one game that Dan Ballard had a bad game or did blow a seven, six and a half, seven. I just think he's been so good, so steady, and just what we need. And if we can keep him fit this season, that's just as important as having um, an out-and-out goal scorer as well because I know Luke O'Neill's the captain, leads the team, but I think Ballard organises the defence and he's so good at it. And you've got to think, like like you said, he's at, this is his third season in the Championship as well, so he's not inexperienced. He's just a young lad who has came through pretty early and clearly has the talent because he's played at this level for so long. I think it's his fourth season in men's football and third, three of them have been in the Championship. So he, he is definitely going to go place. I hope it's for Sunderland. And look, it's, it's another testament to the recruitment team and the, the hierarchy that even though he signed a year ago, we've tied him down to a longer-term deal. So if anyone does want to come in, we can demand what we want from him. And if not, we're keeping him. Yeah, I mean, for me, he's, he's in today's market. If Alex Scott's worth £25 million as an attacker midfielder, I think centre-offs are just as important, especially when they're young. I would be, I mean, not that he's going anyway, he's signed a new contract, which is massive news. But if anyone is considering buying him in the future, I'd want a hefty... I don't get the money. But Sunderland as a football club should demand a hefty fee. Um, in terms of Ballard as well, I think if you go back to when we first signed him, we did one of those shows where we like spoke to a Millwall fan, we spoke to a Blackpool fan, and they both said the same thing. They went, look, I think he could probably be at a Premier League level, potentially even an Arsenal level, because he has the reading of the game's perfect. He's size, he's passing out from the back. They said the only thing that's probably lacking for him at that high level, which is a really high level, is his pace. And whilst I, don't, I can't say I think he's Arsenal level because that's a different realm completely, but I don't see any flaws in his game. I don't even think he's slow because I think he gallops. Um, that would say he's anything less than a Premier League footballer. I just really hope it's for something. But I think Ballard for me is hugely important. Um, I agree with what you said before about organising the the defence. I think I said at the start of the season, I think he'd become player of the year and I think I'll stand by that. I think he's an absolute colossus and I genuinely absolutely love him. Kind of weird though that he has the body of a Greek god but the face of like a 16-year-old boy. Kind of odd. Um, But fantastic player. Brilliant. Love him. Superb. Ross, maybe one negative. I don't know if it is a negative because it's not that bad. It's not like he's broke his leg and he's out for weeks but... um, Circuit injured again. He's picked up a few. Um, I think last season we could have said, you know, potentially it's his first full season. I was kind of hoping he was going to go the first few weeks of the season without an injury, but he's picked up an injury that'll keep him out for three to four weeks. Is it a bit of a bit of a concern how often he gets injured, or am I just overplaying that and looking too deep into it? Just a little niggle that's going to keep him out and we'll, we'll survive. I think last season. You could probably like say, say, oh yeah, it's his first full season. You know, we'll give him time. His body's adjusting. He's a young lad. But for it to happen again so soon, after coming back in the new season, he's starting to get the injury prone tag, isn't he? You've seen a few tweets. I've seen a few harsh tweets yesterday. Like, oh, you know, he's made a wheat of bicks and all that, and you feel sorry for him because there's, there's a great player in there when he gets a consistent run, but. Unfortunately, we need players who are ready to play week in, week out. And that left-back role is a bit of a 
poison chalice with injuries, isn't it? You look at it, you know, Sirkin and, and Alisi, both brilliant players when fit, but it's it's keeping them fit. I feel sorry for Alisi because I think he probably will be back in there now playing left-back if he wasn't rushed back against Luton because we had no defenders. So I think his is a bit... He was brushed back twice last season, Alessi was brushed back against Borough and against Luton. So that, to be fair to him, that's probably his one we can we can not maybe give him the tag yet, but we need him back soon. I thought Huggins did all right, you know. He nearly got killed. <laughs> like that was another thing. Like the push in the back straight and the advertising board. It was brutal. That really brutal. It was assault. But I think Huggins will get a run now. Um, that's something that he's never been given or afforded to due to injuries. The the club rate him so highly, that's why he's still here, otherwise he'd be out on loan. Um but I also do think that Mowbray went to a back three and did wing backs. Obviously it helped that we had the extra man. But with Pembele coming in, who's naturally a wing back. And also Jack Clark's played wing back brilliantly well for us in the past. And Trey Humes played in that back three type when we had no fit centre halves. It it's another option that we could go towards with certain out. Um, my worry as well was when I seen Dak wasn't there, I was like, oh no, Dak's had a lot of injuries. But his seems to be just a little knock and he's back in by Wednesday. And let's be honest, when Pierre Equa went off, a part of the group chat died, didn't it? It was like, oh no, <laughs> not Pierre. Not Pierre, anybody but Pierre. But it looks like it's just a reoccurrence of a dead leg. So when he was holding the back of his leg, Brad said, oh, I think it could be hammy. Like a part of my heart dropped, but just a dead leg. If he misses Wednesday, it's annoying, but so be it. I think Bellingham played in the eight role pre-season and didn't look out of place. He looked well there. Obviously, he hasn't played that role in the championships. So it'll be interesting to see. But then it means you can get Pritch Pritchard or Dak in the 10. So it, you can see why they were calm about not bringing in the centre midfielder, whereas we were panicking like hell. But if Bellingham can fit in there, deal Neil can play the deeper role, and then you can have Pritchard attack in the ten. There's options, and I feel like with options, we're gonna we're we're more than competitive against whoever we play at this level. Yeah, I, I, I agree with everything you said there. I don't need to re go over what you said. Um, I love Dennis Serkin. I think he's a great player, but maybe slight concern that he does seem to pick up a niggle every six to eight weeks. Um, I've completely forgot about Alessi, but I think Huggins. Um, is more than adequate cover. I think when you stuck off yesterday, it wasn't because he was poor. It was just a change of shape, and one of them has to come out. I don't think there's anything wrong with Huggins coming off. Um, I really rate Niall Huggins. I've never really seen him have that bad of a game necessarily. I'm sure people point him out, but I think he's I think he's good. He's come from a good a good stock. Bielsa's leads, but um, talking of that, we've got for the first time in what feels like a while, like a double game week, uh, Dave. So just to kind of cover off before we go, Blackburn away. Tough game, but I think we can go there and be confident. But I'll be honest, I'd, I'd probably take the point. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's got to be the the aim for the lads. Just don't get beat. How you know? I, I don't agree. We're we're setting up like that, and I don't think we're capable of setting up like that. I don't I think, either. Don't. I think those lads always want to just go and win. I think we could play like I don't know who's a good team. I was going to say Man United there, but they're not good anymore. Um, the, the Arsenal Cup game the other year. I think if we if we came up against that again, we would have a go in our style, and that's kudos to us. We've been we've been asking for a 
for a philosophy and a style of play for, for quite some time. And that's just how we play football. Um, why not? I, I don't think there's going to be... <clears throat> excuse me. I don't think there's going to be many teams which will stop us conceding goals. Um, so, yeah. I'm going to... What are we going to go with? 2-2 two, two draw. Bit of an entertaining one. The old Desmond. 7-0 to Sunderland. But... Um, 2-0 the lads. Only two? Nah, seven. Right, lads, thanks for joining. It's been a bit of a mess this morning. Um, and obviously, this will be our last podcast because we're now obviously going to get cancelled. Um, but a win for football, ultimately. Uh, Dave, Ross, thanks for joining. Brad's already gone because he's doing something with drains or whatever. I don't know what he's doing. But thanks for joining. And thanks for everyone for listening. Legend. Cheers, mate. Cheers, lads. How are the lads? Made it none of that. <laughs>